Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Last week, we talked specifically about um, Paul talking to Timothy, and he was talking about in his last words, these are the final words that he's speaking to Timothy. And in these final words, he's encouraging him and, and telling him to fan the flames. And so last week, we talked about fanning the flames and don't give up. No matter what you're going through, what you've been through, what, 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 what aggravations, what frustrations you've been through, continue to fan the flames that God has called you for. And I've been thinking a lot. In fact, I was thinking about all the good things that's happened this year. We've had some extraordinary service. We've seen people saved. Uh, in fact, last week, after our... Um, uh, service that evening we went down to the river had an amazing amazing baptism it was phenomenal we and we we just it was just such a spirit of celebration from the time you drove up uh, just to give a little backstory I I drove up and I looked at the the the, the pavilion and I thought we did, did we did we reserve the pavilion I said no Cindy reserved the pavilion I thought we're gonna tell all these people to move and then when I got close I realized that was us <laughs> It was packed out, and I appreciate all of you coming to support, not just your family, but for those who didn't have family, you just showed up because you wanted to celebrate. Uh, and then we baptized 25 people. It was so cool. As, hey, man, you, you celebrate what God's doing. And then as we were baptizing, we had a, a uh, family that was floating by, and as they were floating by, they, they said, listen, my son was watching this, and he's been wanting to get baptized. Would you mind baptizing him? And so they were from Nixon, Missouri. In fact, uh, the guy told me he's the police chief up there. We went up baptizing him that day uh, and just had a wonderful uh, conversation with the family. They, they go to James River, and it was just a great opportunity to celebrate. And so, man, we came off of that, and it was so good. And then I thought back to just a few weeks before that, how the kids that week, earlier that week, came back from kids camp. And all these kids came back on fire, and man, they're pumped up, serving God. And then a week before that, we had our teenagers, our students, come back from youth camp, and they're pumped up and they're on fire for God. And one thing I can tell you that is absolutely 100% for certain is when God is doing something, the devil doesn't like it. So this is what's going on. After Jesus' death, and after his resurrection, the church is multiplying like crazy nuts and and all this is going on and so Nero's uh, great tyranny comes in and he puts great persecution up on the church and so through all this Timothy's pulling back and Paul is encouraging him don't give up and and even though Paul's going through his own battles in fact at the end of chapter one of, of 2nd Timothy uh, I'll start there and then I'll jump back to the front where we left off last week verses 15 and 16 you can see the state of mind that Paul's in when he says this he says as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> he says, everyone, uh, uh, Phagellus and, and Hermogenes, and, and they, they've left me. He says, but may the Lord show special kindness. And man, I, I, I just want to stop right there. I, I was thinking, have you ever been through something and you came off a spiritual high and God was doing something and the minute you turn around, you, you, you just want to kind of say, where's everybody gone? 
I feel like I'm the only one. That's where Elijah was. He just called down fire from heaven, and, and the, the fire comes down, consumes the, uh, the, 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 the sacrifice, the altar, last of all the water, and then he goes and sits under a tree and says, I'm the only one, God, nobody's with me. Paul's in prison, and, and really, he's, just a few people have chosen to come encourage him. He feels like these people have left him, abandoned him, and he's pulling back, and he's like, everyone's left me. All these people that were with me in Asia, now that I'm in prison, have left me, and I'm just here. But he thanks one family for visiting him often and encouraging him, and he says, he was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. And I think that's the problem. The minute sometimes we go through problems, we think everybody abandons us. and everybody, We go through problems, and we feel like we're the only one, and, and nobody wants to associate. Nobody wants, I mean, have you ever been in a low place? This is where Paul's at. But in the midst of all this, Paul begins this chapter by telling Timothy, don't give up. Keep fanning the flame. Keep being encouraged. And, and keep pressing on. In fact, picking up where we left off last Sunday, verse 6, he says, this is why I remind you, talking to Timothy, to fan the flame, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Why? Verse 7. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, or cowardness, lacking in courage, but of power, love, and spiritual discipline. Man, this is a powerful word. I kind of gave illusion or some, some forethought to this last week, but when my kids were little, as all kids are, they, they have these moments where they're, they're afraid and, and, and they cry out, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, come in here. And they're just scared. Something hit them. They have a bad dream. Something happened that day. Maybe. I don't know, maybe Mickey Mouse talked about Halloween. I don't know. I don't know, whatever it was. <laughs> but they wake up and they just, they just fear grips them. And from an early age, Sandra and I would just pray that prayer over them, uh, that scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. My kids can quote it. In fact, they probably learned that before they learned John 3.16 because as we were, we just quoted over and over. We had them quoted, and so they could quote it back to us. So anytime they get serious, so we'll say Timothy 1.7, and they could tell you, and they were, and it's just amazing to watch how, how just in a few moments God changes the mood in that room, and then they're able to go back to sleep. Um, I started writing this, and the very first thing I kind of thought when I came across Scripture is this, and you can see it on your notes. Fear is a contradiction to God's purpose for our life. Fear is a direct contradiction to what God wants to do in your life. Fear happens to stop you in your tracks. Fear is what stops you from moving forward for God's purposes. It's fear that immediately makes you pull back and, and pause. What stops us from advancing? What stops us from doing what God's called us to do? What stops us from, from achieving the things that God has in our life? What stops us from all those things? It's when fear overtakes us. And, and so Paul is writing to Timothy, a young minister, a young person, saying, I know what you're going through. In fact, look where I'm at. I know it can stop you. I know the things. And so as we're moving forward and as we're getting ready, as the school year starts, uh, I want to encourage you, if the kids are getting ready for school or the teenagers and students are getting ready to go back to high school and junior high, if the college students are getting ready to go back, listen, don't be afraid of what God's called you to do. Don't lose what God's done in your life. Fan the flames that God has put in you, and then don't be afraid to continue to share your faith. Don't let fear overtake what God has done in your life. Keep living it out. Don't be what somebody else wants you to be. Don't be what that one person at church camp that, that lives for God, is on fire for God, and when you go back to school, you become a different person. 
Adults, for you who've been getting on fire for God, you've been growing in your faith, and you've been seeing God do great things in your life, and maybe you've followed through through baptism, don't let fear overtake you. The enemy doesn't like what's going on in your life and your family. And you, see, you hear this conversation so much. In fact, I, I can't tell you how many times someone says, the minute I try to do something for God, man, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. Listen, he never promised there would be problems. And the enemy doesn't let go of what he's had for so long easily. The enemy doesn't want to let go of your family. Sondra's been um, playing that song, um, As For Me and My House, over and over and over. We just started singing it, I think, this month, or did we sing before that in here? I don't know, but it's, uh, but it's a great song. She's been, she said, she's just been saying, I've been praying that over my family. I've just been singing that over my family. I've just been praying it. She gets in my truck and says, play Fraz me in my house. And so we play it again, and we played it on the way to the church today. As for me in my house, because she has determined that the enemy is not going to steal what God has done. And so for all the families in here, I just want to tell you, don't let the enemy steal what God's been doing. Don't let the enemy steal what, what God's been doing in your life. Don't let the enemy take away the dream that he's put in your life. Don't let the enemy take away the promise that he's made you. Don't let the enemy come and steal, kill, and destroy and do what he's been doing for ages and years and thousands of years in your life. You need to hold close to the promises that God's given you. The intention of fear is for us to stop receiving what God has done for us. That's the intention of fear. Faith takes us forward. Fear causes us to go backwards. Faith leads us to victory. Fear leads us to defeat. So we want to continue to go forward. How many of you remember the great story uh, about David and Goliath? You remember that? Goliath came in, this great big fixture, uh, 13 feet tall, comes in, and, and, and he stands, and he towers over everybody, and he challenges the people of Israel. Oh, who's God's champion? And they're like, uh, not me, buddy. <laughs> And in fact, over and over, Goliath comes out day after day after day saying, will anybody fight me? If you, listen, let's do a fight one-on-one. -on -one. And nobody stands up to this big bully. Because fear grips an entire nation. Fear overtook an entire nation at this point. God created us not to be fearful, but to have what? Victory. You were created for victory. Uh, King Saul believes the circumstances are more than even what God can handle. So he pulls back, and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And he's like, I don't even know that God can get us out of this. Can you imagine not trusting God to get after? They've had victory after victory after victory. But here's Saul, the king over God's army, the king over the chosen army of God. And he's pulling back, and he's fearful. He's just hiding out, and he's just praying, just make this go away, make this go away, make this go away. Isn't that our prayer a lot of times? Just make this go away. Just make this go away. Make this go away. I don't want to go through this. Just make this stop happening. I don't want to see this in front of me no more. I don't want this to happen anymore. And nothing changes. Fear is the result of our senses coming to the conclusion that we do not have what it takes to handle what we're up against. We've all been in those places where fear overtakes us and stops us in our tracks. The one thing that we're learning more and more is that people are overwhelmed with panic attacks. They can't sleep. They wake up in the middle of the night. Their heart's pitter-pattering. They can't get their thoughts together. They don't even know why they're stressed out. They don't know why they can't sleep. Anxiety takes in, and all of a sudden they're up half at night, not because anything even real is in front of them, but it's all the things that might go wrong. Their mind swarms in the middle of the night, and they wake up, and they are full with anxiety and full of stress. 
Don't get quiet on me. <laughs> Don't get too quiet. I think that's where we are. We are a people that want to trust God and believe God for miracles. We are a people that want to trust God and say, God, you can do anything. But then something happens, like a Goliath comes in our path, and all of a sudden we forget about all the victories of the past, and all we think is, oh, dear God, how are we going to get out of this? Oh, dear God, how's the circumstances going to change? How are we going to get out of this? What are we going to do? God has called us to live by faith and not by fear, to walk in his power. And that's when David shows up. In complete contrast to what Goliath does and puts fear in people's heart, David shows up on the scene and says, I can take this chump. David's fear is amazing. In fact, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. Man, where was the, the king in all this? Where was the leader's faith in all this? Instead, you got a young man coming up and saying, I don't know what the king is upset about. I don't know what my brothers are all upset. And David comes on the scene and says, I don't know what the big deal is. I fought a lion the other day. I fought a bear one day. I mean, who's this guy? I could take this chump. <laughs> to which everybody that knew David, his brother says, David, we know you. You think you can do anything. <laughs> Typical little brother. You're a brat. <laughs> David, David knew he could take it. David just believed all these things, but, 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 but the family didn't believe that. Those closest to David didn't believe that. But David had something on the inside of him that he knew that there was a greater God in him. You see, sometimes you got to remember, it's not the size of your faith it's the size of your God you put your faith in. And David said this, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I, I come to you in the name of the Lord. You don't realize who's on my side. It may look like you've got me back down and there's nothing that, can, 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 that I can't win. You may feel like you have all the right tools and I don't have any tools. You may feel like you got all the right weapons and I just got a little slingshot over here. But let me tell you, I come to you in the name of the Lord. There is greater in me and he that is in me than he that is in the world that's coming against me right now. I'm not worried about you, devil. I wish some people in our church could rise up with that faith that God can do anything and stop letting the devil win. I'm tired of the enemy win. This whole past year was about a nation that was fighting against fear, one side or the other. This whole thing, and listen, I believe, yeah, we need to be smart. I, I, I'm not arguing all that stuff. What I'm arguing is the fact is that we are not a people that was ever meant to be driven by fear. We are a people that's meant to trust God and follow him. It's faith over fear. And what I love is David's faith is so contagious. It's infectious. In fact, David, he says, listen, typical younger brother. I know because I was the younger brother. He goes, not only am I going to take David, uh, Goliath out, but listen here, after I get done with him, I'm coming for all you idiots behind him. Best line ever. 
He's not, he's not just seeing the battle at hand. He says, I'm winning two or three battles after this. I'm seeing beyond the circumstances. Listen, when you begin to feel God's uh, faith inside of you that overtakes your fear, and you don't allow yourself to be real, ruled by fear, you're not worried even about the big thing in front of you. You're seeing victories down the line, things that people other can't see. People can't see past the current situation. You're seeing two or three down the road, and you're saying, God, you've got this. My faith is in you. It's not in a person. It's not in a place. It's not in a thing. My faith is in God and God alone. It's that kind of unshakable faith that says, I shall not be moved. I shall not be afraid. I shall not be scared. I'm not worried because God has got this and I'm trusting in him. I may not have what it takes, but I got the one who does. And so then David, of course, we know, he goes to Goliath, takes that big old rock, flings it up there, puts it in the forehead of him. David, Goliath falls down, dead. And then David teaches us how to get ahead in life. One whack. And then what happens? David doesn't even have to do anything else because David had the faith to overtake the thing that was in front of them. The entire army began to swarm and overtake the rest of the Philistine army because the faith was contagious. See, the thing about it is one of you would have bold enough faith to stare down the enemy that is right in front of you. Other people around you would be so encouraged and so set on fire. They would say, my goodness, we're not alone in this. We can do this. See, it's by, we overcome by the blood and the word of our testimony. When you begin to get a testimony about what God has just done in your life and you begin to share your faith, listen, I once was lost, but now I'm saved. I once was sick, but God healed my body. I once was defeated and depressed, but God restored my joy. God restored my heart. He restored my mind. He restored everything within me. I thought I wasn't going to make it, but he called me depressed in and I pressed in. All of a sudden someone over here says, wow, they can make it. Maybe I can make it too. Maybe if Randy can make it, I can make it. Maybe if Caleb can make it, I can make it. Maybe if Claude and Melinda can make it, maybe I can make it. I don't have to give up yet. I can keep pushing in. I can keep pressing in. I know that God's got this. Listen, I just want us to get encouraged. The devil has not won. Don't give in. Don't surrender. Don't give up. Don't let fear overtake you. I love this. Listen, take notes, write this down. David ran towards what everybody else was running away from. We're looking for the type of faith that, of people that will run towards what other people are running away from. That's an outstanding kind of faith. That's the kind of faith that builds other people up. That's the kind of faith that encourages other people. That's the kind of faith that causes us to be victorious. What would happen with your family, with the people you love, if you ran towards the thing you fear the most? What would happen? What would happen if you said, the battle's not mine, it's yours, Lord? What would happen if you said, I'm never going to allow fear to be the determining factor in my decision-making? I'm not going to make decisions based on fear. I'm going to base my decisions based on faith. What would happen? life-changing. I'm going to trust you, God. It's a tough thing to do. You want to talk about being fearful? Trust God. <laughs> you want to talk easy? Trust feelings. They'll lead you astray and there'll be more consequences for them later on, but trust me, I've done that. I, <laughs> the, 
the number one phrase my kids hated growing up, I believe, they could maybe say it was something else, I don't know, is when they'd ask me a question, I said, well, I'll pray about it. <laughs> Can I just get a simple yes or no? No, I don't know how I feel about it yet. And they said, well, I just need an answer right now. Then the answer is no. It was easy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for participating. <laughs> okay, you can pray about it. All right, good. That's what I was wanting to do. Um, because why? Sometimes I need to know. I need to, I need to know what God's... It, it, it may seem small to them, but it's not small to me. They may want to hang out with a friend that's just a good friend, but in my spirit, I haven't felt good about this friend in a long time. And I got to say, God, what, what do I do? How do I handle this? What do you want me to do? I don't know. What would happen if we just paused long enough to pray about it? Why are we in such a hurry? What, what takes so much immediate action that you can't pray about it? A decision based on fear will lead you off course every time. The, re, the, the remedy to fear is to refocus. Refocus on your faith. Refocus on what God says. Refocus on God's word. Paul said to Tim, remember your faith. When you don't know what to do, remember your faith. Remember the faith of your grandmother. Remember the faith of your mother. And remember your own faith and how God's been faithful to you. Remember the faithfulness of God. Think about what God has given you. Jesus said if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Verse 8 goes on and it says, So never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I was in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Fear is the number one reason why we stop sharing our faith. It, it's amazing because, you know, if I was to poll people here, how many of you are uh, not ashamed to share your faith? I'm not ashamed to share my faith. But then we get to work and we're worried, well, it's awkward. I don't want to have an awkward conversation. That's weird. I don't, want to, I don't want it to be weird. I don't want to be... Listen, I, I, I have found that when you are led by God and you just let God lead your footsteps, you'd be surprised how many opportunities there are. Hey, I'm really struggling. I don't know what's going on. My, my, my mother has got COVID or whatever. She's in the hospital. Hey, can I pray with you about that? Man, I, I, I can tell you about a time where I, I was praying for my mother and they had, she got healed. I can tell you about a time my kids were sick and I, I prayed, man, I don't know what happened. God just touched their body. Little, little testimony. God provides opportunities when you've got a tender heart available and listening to what he's saying. We make it awkward because we, we force it. <laughs> hey, you go to church anywhere? <laughs> That's just a good southern question to ask. Everybody goes to church somewhere. Not every time, but they go to church somewhere. On Easter, <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, listen, when it comes to fear, Timothy faced it. We have to face it. We have to face what is it is. Listen, stop worrying about the what ifs of life. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I say this and they don't like that? What if I offend somebody? What if, what if, what if? Listen, the what ifs are always going to be. The only thing that cancels the what if in your life is when you put faith with it and say, God, I'm trusting you. I love Esther. I love the, the statement that she makes when she says, if I die, I die. But I'm going to do what God told me to do. 
And she goes before the king. We know this, many of us know the story. She goes before the king. She, she, she makes an a a, 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 a appeal for the king, for the, for the Jewish people, and saves an entire nation all because of that. All because she, she got past the what ifs. What if I lose my head? What if, what if he kills me? What if he doesn't like it? What if I'm in prison? What if I'm ashamed? She, she didn't care. She goes, I don't care. I'm going to do what's right. I, I wish that we could remember. I wish we could quote scriptures in our heart when it gets hard. And when Romans 1.16 says, for I am not ashamed of the good news. I'm not ashamed of it. Why? About Christ. It is the power at God at work. It's the gospel that's powerful. Saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Verse 9. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that it was his plan for, before the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus. He called us out. He called us out of a life of sin, despair, and pain, and invited us to live a life on a whole nother level with him. Our works can't save us. It's through faith. It's through uh, following after him does, uh, is what we do after we believed. We can't do it. We do, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. We, we, we don't deserve it. There's nothing that I, I can't be good enough. In fact, it goes on to say that my, my, filthy, my, my righteousness is as filthy rags. When I try to be good enough, I'm still wound up dirty. <laughs> I wore a white shirt last night to the wedding. Sandra goes, what's that brown stain on the back? I said, I don't know. I can't see it. That's <laughs> the way we treat sin. I don't see it. It's not a problem. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's not about what you can do it's about what God can do verse 10 and he has made all of this plan plain I'm sorry to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior he broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life and immortally through the good news Immortality through the good news. He broke it. Jesus came, died, rose again for us. The good news is the cure for fear that tries to separate us from God. It's the good news. It's the gospel that we proclaim. It's the fact that he came, died, and rose again for you and I. That's the good news. Fear tells us that God is mad at us, disappointed at us, frustrated at us. The good news is he's not. Fear tells us we're not worthy, we're not good enough, we're never going to be good enough, uh, we, we will never be able to be in God's presence. The good news is we have direct access through faith and through his grace that we're not worthy of. He gave it freely. We approach God not by how we feel, but through faith. 2 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 11 through 14, we're going to go ahead and jump there. As God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the good news, that is why I am suffering here in prison. Here's Paul. He says, look at all the good stuff I'm doing, and this is, that's why I'm suffering. Do you know when you do things that you're supposed to be doing, you can still suffer? Don't mistake your troubles that you're going through for not doing what God's called you to do. No one ever resists someone that's not a threat. 
You ever notice that when you watch basketball or, or, or football, sometimes they'll put two defenders on one person because they're trying to do it. Why? Because he's, they're outperforming and they want to shut that down before he gets it. But there's other people, they kind of let go because they're not worried. They don't catch anything. They couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> you know? The enemy only puts pressure on people that are a threat. So sometimes even though you're doing what you're called, Paul said, I'm a preacher, I'm an apostle, I'm all these things, and that's why I'm going through trouble. Some of the things you're going through right now is a direct result because God is doing something through you and the enemy's trying to shut it down before you achieve where you're trying to go. You're probably just moments a day, maybe a week or two away from a breakthrough. Don't give up now because the, the, the harder the fight, the closer you are. Man, I'm telling you, when I watch football, that when they get to that uh, fourth and goal, you ought to see the defense. They play hard. You think, why did you play that hard when you were on the halfway line? But they wait till it's fourth and goal, and they got to defend that goal line so they don't get a touchdown. And they put them, and they stop them, and they stop them, and they stop them. Listen, the closer you are to the goal, the greater the enemy struggles against you. Maybe instead of overcome, we should have said don't give up. That should have just been the title. Don't give up. Press in. Keep pushing through. Don't stop. Some of you have been praying for, for, for your family. Don't give up. You're close. Some of you have been praying through depression. Don't give up. You're close. Some of you have been praying for a healing. Don't give up. You're close. Some of you have been praying that God would break through and do something in your family. Don't give up. You're close. You're closer than you realize. The greater the struggle, the greater the pushback, the closer you are to the goal. It says, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. Even though I'm going through the pain, even though I'm in prison right now, I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. I'm going to press in, hold on all the way to the end until he comes back. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up the fight. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to press harder than I've ever pressed before. I'm going to pray harder than I've ever prayed. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. I'm not giving up. Verse 13, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. You have learned from me a pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who gives within us carefully guard the precious truth that he has been entrusted you guard that truth guard what God has given you guard that truth the recipe for victory in life is live by faith walk in love defend your mind with the truth of God's Word that's that's how you do it that's how you walk in victory it's right there behind me, but I'm going to say it again. Live by faith, trust God, walk in love, love people, and defend your mind with God's truth. When the enemy tries to lie, I just, I just say, that's how, that's how Jesus fought it. I mean, when, when the devil came and tried to tempt him with the scripture, he gave him the truth. He said, yeah, it says that. A little out of context there, fellow. Let me tell you what it really says. I'm telling you this. Going back to the front, this is why I remind you to fan the flames. The spiritual, of the spiritual gifts that God has given within you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given you Harrison Faith Church, the body of believers, you followers of Christ. God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. 
Let's stop letting fear stop us in our tracks. I dare you. I double, I triple dog dare you to run towards the thing that you've been fearing the most. John chapter 10, verse 10 and 11 says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life. I am the good shepherd, and the shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. Don't let the lies of the enemy keep you from having a relationship with God. Jesus is a good shepherd. He cares for you. Don't buy into the lies of the enemy. Verse 14 of chapter 10 of John says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for my sheep. Jesus sacrificed his life for you. Today, as we're closing out, man, I, I know some of us are going through struggles. But I would dare you to back up and just remember over the last few months what God's done. God's been good to you. God has touched you. When you needed him, he showed up in the midnight hour. I wish some of us could remember that time where we prayed and God healed our body because there's been miracle after miracle in this place. I wish we could remember the faithfulness when we didn't know how we were going to make it and then somebody offered us a job out of the blue. I wish we could remember how we didn't know what we were going to do and financially God, God took care of some situations that we didn't know how it was going to be taken care of. I wish that we could remember that when we were praying and that God would save some of our family. They started coming to the Lord one by one, not because of what we said, but because of someone else went to them on their job. Someone else went to them when they needed it the most. I wish we could remember some of those things. I wish we could remember. Last week we talked about, I wish you could remember what it was like when you first got saved and you first had passion for God. I wish you just could remember that God's been faithful to you. I know, I know our families can be frustrated, but how many of you, a few weeks ago when your kids came back from camp, or last week when they came back from kids camp, you thought, man, there's something different. I hope they keep this. I just pray that they keep it. And then they first messed up, they made a mistake, and you just been like, oh, I knew it wouldn't last. No, don't give up on them. They make mistakes. We make mistakes. You make mistakes. Some of you are going to make mistakes driving home today. It's okay. Listen. Show a little grace. Show a little mercy. They're going to make mistakes. Coach them. Love them. Pray for them. Don't give up. Don't, let, don't believe that God has given up on them. Don't believe that God's finished with them. God's still working. It's still a process. No one in here is a finished, perfect process. No one. So today as we're closing out, if you're struggling, you don't have to struggle alone. We serve a great big God. We serve a God that hears us when we're fearful. That when we call out to him, he answers. We serve a God that's been so faithful in the past that if we stopped long enough to think about it all, I think we'd have to come to the conclusion, why would he be faithful today? David had that conclusion. He was faithful with the lion. He's faithful with the bear. What's this? I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm just telling you today. 
some of you here today, you are, you are at a place where you need to give it to God. You can't handle it anymore. You can't work it out. In fact, you try to do it all on your own. And in your mind, you mentally got overwhelmed. You got frustrated. You've been struggling. And you've been praying. You're like, God, help me. God, I'm so scared. God, I'm so, so worried. I don't know how it's all going to work out. You don't, you're, 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 you're worried about things. Today is just a good time to say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm taking it out of my hands and I put it into your hands. These words are easy, but the mental process of doing it is hard. But when you get to the place where you've done all you can, that's when you realize you can't. But God can. Some of us are at that place today. We're at the point where we realize we can't. Let's put it in God's hands. Let me pray over you. Father, Lord, I just thank right now. I thank you for everybody in here. God, Lord, I know, I know, Lord, their struggle's real. Lord, I know that there's people in here today, Lord, that are praying, and Lord, they're believing, and Lord, they've been frustrated. And God, this word has been for them. They're tired of walking in fear. They're tired of worrying all the time. They're tired of waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety. They're tired of, of, of going to bed and worried about not how, where, where, where things are going to work out or not. God, today's your day. Today's the day we say, God, I can't, but you can. God, this is bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you. It's the size of my God that matters. And so, Lord, I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting this problem in your hand. I'm giving it all to you. In Jesus' name, if that's you, listen, these altars are open. I want to invite you to come if you want to find a place to pray. If you want to kneel at your seat and pray. But don't leave here without giving it to God. Don't leave here taking this in. Listen, it, some of you are going to ha have a mental breakdown if you don't give it to God. You need to give it to God. You need to give it in. This is His. This is it. You're His child. You're his people. He cares about you. He loves you. Give it to God this morning.